You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. I've only ever said 21, man. I took over the show in 2021, and that, that that's all I've ever known. So I'm, I'm still, I have to like think in my brain, like make sure you say 22, idiot. Um, but we're here on a nice Wednesday in January, labor negotiations between baseball. We're going to talk about a couple of different things today, that being one of them, the labor negotiation update uh, some of the, the things that are being, again, discussed just as we've been doing every time they've met all season. But that's not really quite enough to fill up a whole show. So we also have MLB Hall of Fame stuff that happened. And then we're also going to take a look. I had a, uh, a great crossover episode with Lockdown Orioles, and we talked about both of the team's rebuilds and the, the comparisons and similarities between the two and such. And we got an interesting conversation, and uh, and that that will be posted at some point as well. That crossover, but we got into an interesting conversation about the prospects within the Tigers organization that we will see in 2022. And I, I just think that's a fun little you know quick thing to talk about. Maybe some of the top 30 prospects from the end of last season that we could see. Uh, this upcoming year when the lockout is finally over. So that's our schedule for today. For starters, lockout, still a thing. Uh, labor negotiations, as I said earlier, were talked about and brought back up. It was denied again, obviously. Obviously, everybody loves when I say that. Um, but there, there is some progress being made. A, they seem to be meeting slightly more frequently. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to be waiting two months in between meetings anymore, it appears. But also, people are s- starting to compromise on some stuff. There's, there's some stuff that's, that's starting to, to move. We're starting to head into the right direction. And it's almost the end of January, and we still don't have a deal. Pitchers and catchers report in the middle of February. So uh, we're, we're, we're coming up to the buzzer here. You know what I mean? We're, we're right on the cusp of... Uh, there's still a ton of free agents out there. We're, we're right on the, on, on the cusp of like, we, we got to get a deal done if we want everything to be on time as it usually is. Uh, I'm still, I still don't really have faith personally that this is going to be something that is, uh, like wrapped up tomorrow or, or this weekend. And, and we're just going to like move on. And, and it, you know, it was two months that, uh, you know, free agents weren't allowed to sign, but it, it didn't actually affect the season or the structure of the year or anything. I'm not sure I, I'm I'm 100% there yet, and I, I don't think I ever will be because I think it is going to affect the season. I think it's probably going to go on for uh, another several weeks, if not a, a month. But we have progress. One of the biggest things from the meetings was that the players' union seems like they have completely folded on the idea or the proposal, I should say, of players becoming free agents before their six years of service. 
that seems to be scratched. Does not appear to be uh, part of the union's plan anymore. It's something that that uh, allegedly, that seems like a really dramatic term, but reportedly, there we go, <laughs> Jeez. Um, has been dropped. So it, it looks like as we're going forward, that's going to be business as usual in that regard. And, and we're going to have everybody, once they get their six years of service, that's when they become a free agent no sooner. Now, what does that mean? It, it To me, that means that they are making progress or think they can make progress at least on getting players paid more earlier on. And there have been some rumors about uh, potentially owners willing to pay players that are pre-arb more money. Uh, it, it, it seems that I believe the owner's counter was uh, in the $600,000 range. It's currently at about $500,000. So a slight upgrade, but uh, the players want more and they're, they're going to keep fighting for, for more. They, they want it to be as close to a million as they can and they won't get a million. They, 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 they won't. But that is their, that's what they got their sights set on. They, they want to get as high as they can. And I don't think a 100K raise is, uh, is enough for the players to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's great. So that, that was one thing. That, th- those two were, were two of the bigger ones. The revenue sharing also dramatically changed, like by, by hundreds of millions of dollars. The, the revenue sharing proposal changed. And we kind of went into the ins and outs of how revenue sharing worked in uh, I believe it was a December episode uh, when we broke down all the things that uh, are being discussed in the lockout. So if you have questions about the ins and outs of the revenue sharing, you can go back and listen to that one. But th- that that was changed dramatically, dramatically, which which is a step. Now, it was changed so dramatically that it's on like the other end of the spectrum now, right? Like when a pendulum swings, you're like, oh, that's way too far left. And then it swings. It's like, oh, well, that's that's way too far <laughs> in the other way. So I, I, don't, I don't know about all that. Uh, and, and, and as all of these, they'll probably uh, settle on something that's, that's relatively in the middle there. But regardless, progress being made, changes being made to both propo- proposals from both sides. And... Like I said, I I think that the lack of pushing for the six years of of service to become a free agent and and no longer wanting to change that means that they think they can get a leg up in in paying players sooner. And uh, as I started saying earlier, they are trying for the pre-arb. And then there's also some more stuff within the arbitration uh, it, it appears that the owners are seem to be pretty willing to pay players a lot more based on performance rather than just going to, to arbitration and having a minimum and maximum and having a, a an organizational deal versus a, a player and his agent deal and, and settling it in, in court, for lack of a better term. It, it appears that the owners seem pretty like alarmingly okay with with paying a lot more based on performance uh it's it's like it it honestly shocks me how just like chill and and okay with it they are um if if the players get a minimum that they're comfortable with and they can they can push for that 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 could be exciting and that could be a big win for the players and and having dudes that are you know only in their second or, or third year in the league 
that that are putting up all star seasons be able to get get a bag. I mean, that's that's nice. That that's real nice. So that's kind of encouraging on on the players front. But as a whole, we are still quite a long ways away. There is still a ton of things on on both sides that they're very far away from. I don't want to come in and, and give everybody false hope and make it sound like this is going to end, you know, like I said earlier, like a week from now cuz it's not. Um but progress is progress and we will take it. We will gladly take it. We'll get into uh, a little bit of some Hall of Fame discussion, but first I'm going to tell y'all about Built Bar. It's the new year and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or even taste like chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate, man? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so that's not something you got to worry about when eating Built Bars. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to the candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, the ones at home, the pantry, the office, the car, wherever. Throw out all your sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. The list goes on and on. In fact, it's always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. First segment, talked about the updated labor negotiations, some of the stuff that, that's been moving around. Now we get into the other big news of baseball over the last 48 hours, and that's the Hall of Fame voting. Now, earlier, uh, what, a month ago maybe? I don't know. Time is a, is a blur at this point. Um I talked about who I would vote for and who would be on my ballot. So you can go back and listen to that and uh, and, and come to your own conclusions about um, lining up your ballot with my ballot, etc. But the the people were chosen. It's official. I don't have a real vote. I'm just a dude. But the people that actually have a vote inducted David Ortiz into the Hall of Fame. And that is it. That is uh, end of... Of, of class, the 2022 Hall of Fame class will just be David Ortiz, Big Poppy, um, somebody that is is beloved throughout the game of baseball, the, a top two designated hitter of all time. The, I mean, the only uh, debate is really him or, or Edgar Martinez of, of the Mariners. That, that That's really it. So talking about somebody who's top two all time at their position, uh, one of the most clutch postseason hitters of all time. Sadly, one of those is is at the hands of your D- Detroit Tigers in, in the 2013 ALCS, but rightfully deserved. 
very, very deserved for him to get into the Hall of Fame. Now, we got that out of the way. Big Poppy definitely deserves to get in, without a doubt in anybody's mind. There just seems to be a lot of hypocrisy amongst the the rest of the ballot, really. Uh, the... <laughs> Okay, non-hypocrisy, just voters not knowing ball. Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer. Nothing, nothing to do with steroids, nothing to do with you know off-the-field issues, whatever. He, he's just, for some reason, the writers don't understand how good he was. Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer. Okay, next. Now let's get into to the actual meaty stuff. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are not Hall of Famers. Uh, Barry Bonds, the, the, uh, their 10th year. 10th year. They're done. Now they will go on to the, the second chance ballot, I call it, where they go on and, and a different committee votes on them and, and gives them a chance to get into the Hall of Fame. But for the, the actual Baseball Writers Association voting you into the Hall of Fame and, and on the real ballot, I guess we'll call it for lack of a better term, uh, neither of those two got in. Barry Bonds. Now, okay, I, I, I'm going to start with this because this is just wild to me. No matter your opinion on on roids, and and no matter your opinion on on a- anything really, it's objectively whack that a a museum that is built to to highlight and show all of the greatest baseball players and moments in the history of this beautiful game. You have one building on the planet that's job is is to preserve the history of this game. And within that building, you do not have the person with the most hits in baseball history, the person with the most home runs in baseball history, or the person that won the most Cy Young Awards in baseball history. You have none of those three people in your museum dedicated to preserving and showing the the greatest and the best that baseball has ever had to offer. Objectively weird. Good or bad, right or wrong, that is subjective. But objectively, it's strange at a minimum, right? It's a little whack. We go on to the hypocrisy. Um, David Ortiz tested positive for steroids. Not a million times. It, It was once. And he cleaned up ever since. Good on him. Pudge Rodriguez did the same thing. Happened once. Cleaned up. Never again. And we also have to realize this was not always a, a, a like, this is super illegal and super terrible. And if anybody does this, they're, they're you know, ruining the sport, whatever. This was just, there was no rules against it for a long time. For a long time. And then it became an epidemic. And everybody started doing it. And then the commissioner handled it about as poorly as he possibly could. And within the hypocrisy. So so you have a, a plethora 
of players who have tested positive for steroids and gone into Cooperstown. I've already named two in, in Pudge and David Ortiz, who you literally voted in. Barry Bonds never failed an MLB-administered drug test. Not one. Now, in court, there are there are, some evidence against him was failed drug tests, but none of them were MLB-administered. Okay? So we already have that hypocrisy. Even if he did get popped, you have people that, that <laughs> you voted people in that have. Barry Bonds, not a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens, not a Hall of Famer. Both pretty prominent figures in the steroid era of baseball. So we have that. The next big piece of hypocrisy that I have and and the big if if you haven't been able to tell, I I think Clemens and Bonds should have been first ballot Hall of Famers. The other big problem I have is that the commissioner during this era, the commissioner that that was the commissioner during the steroid era that handled it poor so unbelievably poorly. And started off with with like a slap on the wrist if you got popped. And then people started getting more mad, so he just kept raising it. And then there was pressure to raise it again and raise it again. So he did. And eventually, he came out and said, oh, you're ruining the integrity of the game. This is horrible, blah, blah, blah. Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame. The commissioner that couldn't get it under control. The commissioner that let it blow up to astronomical proportions and screwed the entire era up mightily and caused the epidemic of steroids within baseball. That man has a plaque in Cooperstown. But the players that that, that abused, and they did, abuse a a horrible system because it was a horrible system and they could take advantage of it. Those players are not in. But the dude that put the horrible system together is in. Just brilliant logic, truly. Your, Your darkest era in the Writers Association's eyes. And this this is also hypocrisy. All, all of the, the there, there's a lot of hypocrisy within the Hall of Fame. Your quote unquote darkest era where everybody cheated and 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 none of these guys should be in the Hall of Fame and none of them should should be in forever. We don't even uh, Alex Rodriguez should be a first ballot Hall of Famer too. But but that's a different that he he still has nine years left on the ballot. Okay, that's a that's a different conversation. We'll we'll talk about that another day. So the writer's opinion is that the integrity of the game was shot in that era. None of those records should count. Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. He's not my home run king. Roger Clemens shouldn't. He he's not my my all time Cy Young winner. He he's not my my twenty strikeout two time twenty strikeout game haver. Screw the Rocket too. None of that. They shouldn't be credited for cheating, right? The the late nineties. 
saved Major League Baseball. And that is another objective fact. It does not matter whether, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this kid is such an idiot. He, you know... He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. They did cheat. They don't deserve to be in. Fine. That, that's, that's your opinion. That's your right to have. And, and I am going to be the last person on the planet to, to call you out and, and, and say that you should think a different way. You think however you want to think. That, that's beautiful. That, that's life. But it is an objective fact that the late 90s saved the game of Major League Baseball. They were coming off a lockout. Nobody was going to games. Everyone was upset that millionaires and billionaires were fighting over money. Does this sound familiar? And no one wanted any part of baseball. Attendance numbers were in the gutter. They were below sea level. They were considered irrecoverable. People were talking about baseball folding. Now, I don't think baseball is ever going to fold. I think that was probably a little dramatic of a claim. But regardless... Then the 1998 home run race happened between Griffey, Maguire, and Sosa, really just by the end of the season, Maguire and Sosa, right? And it saved baseball. And those two cheated, quote-unquote, right? Those two took Royd, Sammy corked his bat. We, that, that, that's, that's factual. The, the two of them have admitted to that, okay? It's preposterous that in one of the most important eras in major league baseball history that you again a museum that is dedicated to preserving the history of the game good or bad the black Sox are in there right we, we, we it's important to talk about the bad too and in a a stretch of of five years, the home run race in the stretch of one summer single handedly saved your sport, and you don't acknowledge anybody from that era because you say they cheated. If you're making us money, go ahead and do it, but it's going to be at the cost. Of you being enshrined into our into our big building in New York. But but do it still, because it's gonna make us a lot of money. And it's gonna make us uh, nobody with our last name ever have to work ever again. 72 generations from now. That that was dramatic. I'm a dramatic person, I'm sorry. But you get the point. We're glad that you did it. Because it saved the sport. We're really happy about that. Behind closed doors. But then when it comes to publicly enshrining you or giving you any sort of credit, that's where we draw the line. It's a dirty business. It is covered in hypocrisy. And I think it is absolutely asinine. I hope that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds get into the Hall of Fame on this quote-unquote second chance ballot. Because Cooperstown and baseball changed forever due to those two. We'll get into 
the prospect talk right after I tell y'all about betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 seasons. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. We've gone over the Hall of Fame stuff and my very passionate opinions on that. We started off with recapping the current labor negotiations. Now we're going to get into just a quick little segment here at the end. Nothing, nothing too terribly long, but I, I had a crossover with Locked on Orioles that, that again, I as I said at the beginning of the show, um, will be up later as well, but... We, we had an interesting conversation comparing our rebuilds, and one of the questions I was asked was, what prospects outside of Green and Torkelson could we see make an impact or just make the majors at all in the 2022 season? And and that was that, that, that's, a, that's a fascinating conversation topic because Torkelson and Green are, are guaranteed. They're going to be up uh, if, if service manipulation is adjusted and changed. And uh, I, I guess strictened, that can't be a word, right? No, that feels like a word. Strict, strict, strictened, strict, yeah, strictened. You know what? I'm going to get a lot of heat whether I say I think it's a word or don't think it's a word. So I'm just going to say it. And if it's not a word, then I, I'm just going to pretend like, oh, yeah, totally. I just made it up. And if it is a word, I'm taking credit. Okay, that's what we're going to do with it. So if that's tightened up then we, we could see them on opening day. We likely will. If, if it's adjusted, we likely will see Torque and Green on opening day. And if it's not, then we'll see them in May and we'll still get a, most of a season out of them, right? But looking at the rest of the top 30, there's a couple players that I think could be either just make their debuts or just straight up, I mean, could be relatively big pieces down the road. The first one, and this one's a stretch, okay? But I think there there is a, a slight chance that Dylan Dingler, by the end of the season, could get some time in Detroit. And my thought process is we, we currently got Barnhart and Haas, Barnhart is fantastic defensively behind the plate. If he stays healthy, he's going to be catcher 1A for a majority of the year. Haas has, when we get into his player breakdown, I'll, we'll go way more in depth on, on my concerns with Eric Haas going forward and the things I'm confident in, in Haas going forward. But uh, one of the th- he, he's not the greatest defender behind the plate, and he did show some versatility, some ability, whether it was good defense or not, we put him in in the corner outfield at times last year, and what 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 was the big theme last year? Catchers getting hurt for the last two years, really, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. We have had some brutal luck when it comes to catcher health. You know, we had Dustin Garneau catching quite a few games for the Tigers last year, and he was brought in on a minor league deal. So, 
Um, I, I think that there is an outside chance. Now, if he's not hitting well, if he hits like he did at the end of last season, he won't be up. But if he can get back on the horse that he was on in the, in the first half of 2021 and kind of refine his swing, get his hitting under control, I, I could definitely see a world in, in where Dylan Dingler makes his debut at, at the tail end. You know, it won't be for a good chunk of the year. It'll be for a, a small portion of the year, but at, at, at the end of 2022. The, the big one that I'm pretty confident and comfortable in saying is Alex Fiedo. Fiedo has had a very interesting career. We talked about it in the crossover. Uh, someone that is is was the ace of one of the best college rotations of all time and was brought in in, in the first round in 2017, was thought to be part of the future rotation with, with you know, Mize and Manning it, it, for a while before Scoobulk exploded. It, it was it wasn't Mize Manning Scoobul. It was my Mize Manning Fiedo, right? I mean, and, and Franklin Perez, but that's a different conversation. And you know, I mean, they did a photo shoot with like all of them. <laughs> you guys remember that they they did like a like a team photo shoot with with per- Franklin Perez, Alex Fiedo, Casey Mize, and Matt Manning. So like, I I mean, he was thought to be like this is gonna be a dude for us in the future and. While his minor league career hasn't been that bad, like it really hasn't, um, it it ha- it also hasn't been you know first round ace of of power pitching right hander for an SEC school first round pick ace either. You know what I mean? So there are, and, and then Tommy John is obviously a, something that is is not really in his control and is just really unfortunate. And and hopefully he he can come back to full strength, but. I with a dude with a with a power fastball and a good slider that in the minors one of his biggest struggles was going deep into games. That sounds like a like a, a potentially damn good reliever to me. I don't know about you, but that 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 prototype that that build sounds a, a a lot like it could be a, a pretty damn good reliever at the major league level if he figures it out. And I think Alex Fiedo, uh, once he's back and, and the organization believes he's fully healthy, is somebody that I could absolutely see not only making his debut out of the bullpen, but actually being someone that by the end of the season, the Tigers put in decently high leverage situations and, and try to make a, a damn good reliever out of. And that that's kind of exciting. That's kind of exciting. So there, there's a couple of more on there, but those are the two big ones that I would say I'm, uh, I'm, I'm most, maybe not confident, but uh, the, the, if I had to rank all 30 and oh, 28 and take out Torque and Green, those two would probably be the two at the at the top of my list for likely to uh, to make the majors this year. Maybe Joey Wentz too, but but he kind of struggled when he came back uh, off of Tommy John as well. But he's another one, you know, a lefty, again, would probably be mostly bullpen work. Uh, they're still trying to stretch him out into a starter if that's even ever going to happen again as well. So those three, those three. And I, I love Joey Wentz, by the way, man. That That's a, that's a whole other conversation. So that is our show. That's my list. That's my rant about the Hall of Fame. That's my update on the, the labor negotiations. That is everything, baby. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get all 
the betting info you need and go listen to Locked On Bets. Um, that's all I got, man. Thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for riding with me. You guys are for real the best. Uh, the continued support through a, a a sport that's currently in a lockout has been has been awesome to see. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, relatively soon, man, we can. I would never love to be to be more wrong. I would never love to be wrong more than you know what English is hard. You get what I'm trying to say. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.